0: from the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes. You're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower network. Stay tuned after the show for a brief announcement. Welcome to the Snakes Cast everyone. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are my co-hosts, Maddie McLean, hey, and Sean Jackman. Hey there. We're going to talk about a popular genre of game, dexterity games. Uh, Steve Tassi, our inestimable actor and uh, head guru, did an amazing little video about dexterity games, which you totally need to see. Check that out on YouTube. Uh, And as he said, a lot of people, you say dexterity game, they have what? I say, what? (laughs) Stuff like Jenga. Oh, right, okay. Stuff involves using your hands. Uh, Jenga, Crokinole. uh, For the purposes of this episode, we're not going to talk about games that are just about speed, nothing but speed. So games like Perfection or Ghost Blitz, we're not going to be talking about uh, sort of game, we have to have at least some sort of a steady hand, something like Jenga or Crokinole. Have you guys played Crokinole?
1: Uh, yeah, I love Crokinole. I'm terrible at it, but it is addicting fun,
2: so <laughs> yeah, ain't... I love it. I uh, haven't played Crokinole, no. You, are, are you aware of the thing? Yes, I'm aware of, of the
0: game. For for, uh, for, for <laughs> listeners in the audience who are not from anywhere near southern Ontario, uh, you're going to need a bit of an explanation. Crokinole is that game that you play on an octagonal piece of wood with rails around the side and there's these pegs near the middle and concentric circles and you flick little discs trying to get them into the hole in the middle of this thing. It's a big board. It's like two feet, uh, feet across. The uh, game was invented by Mennonites in Ontario who wanted a uh, family-friendly, wholesome sort of game that didn't involve stuff like dice or cards that could be used yep. for gambling. And uh, being uh, tremendous woodworkers, of course, uh, they made this really nice, elegant, beautiful thing with the, you know, the, the wooden rails around the edges. So yeah, thanks Mennonites. Crokinole's wicked. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that but uh, yeah it's true so um, those, those are two of the most popular dex, you know, dexterity games at least in these parts uh, guys what, what's the appeal of dexterity games what what makes them so attractive
2: I think it's the even footing like you can't really cheat in a dexterity game <laughs> <laughs> well you sort of can you can butt oh, the table Yeah. You
0: know?
1: oh yeah I you say it's funny you say even footing because I am not on even footing when I play dexterity <laughs> game I am I am I there's somehow like my one leg is shorter than the other or something like that because right. I am not I am not good at them I do not have the steady hand
2: well, I know I never used to but I find dexterity games are the one kind of game that you can play and I find that I've actually gotten better at them as I've gotten yeah, oh, older yeah, for sure for sure
0: people get dexterity games you know I mean the the, oh, yeah. the physicality of them makes them really easy to grasp right away. You know, you take one look and say, oh yeah, I know how to play that. And uh, that's part of the appeal, but this week in particular, we're not just gonna be talking about any old dexterity games, here's a a twist break. We're gonna be talking about dexterity games that bring a bit more game to the table. I mean, Jenga, dead simple. Take a block from the bottom, put it on the top, keep going until it falls over. Crokinole, flick one of your pieces, try to get as close to the middle as you can. There's a bit more rules to it than that, but not by much thing is that there have been some more modern dexterity games that have tried to make it a bit more interesting by adding more game to the game, and what I want to investigate is can you lose the appeal of a dexterity game by putting too much game in it? That's what we're going to be talking about this week. Let's talk about some of the dexterity games that bring a little bit more game to it. Uh, Villa Paletti is one that sort of gets brought up as a gamer champion. Have you guys seen this game before?
1: Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious looking, and I mean, I was
0: referred to it as Jenga by way of Doctor Seuss. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a good that's a good description. It is colorful. It's nice to look at, and it, it does. I mean, it does tend to get bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where the the ultimate like uh, downfall of a Villa Paletti Tower is going to be louder, crazier, and, and more destructive than any Jane guitar you're ever going to see, so.
0: It's true. Uh, have you played Villa Paletti?
2: Uh, it actually holds a, a fond place in my heart. Oh, good. Because during the blackout, me and my roommate went to Snakes. We played Villa Paletti because we couldn't go home.
0: <laughs> so. so you got to build another disaster and watch it. F- oh, boy, that yeah. suddenly sounds very depressing. Oh, well. Um, the point is, though, that uh, it, is, it, is, it is a fairly accessible game, but it does definitely introduce more game to it because you're taking these, these pegs, these wooden uh, pieces, and moving them higher and higher up on this thing, but they come in different shapes and sizes, and uh, they're worth different points. The ones that are bigger are worth more points than the ones that are worth smaller, and whoever's got the most points worth of stuff on the highest level yeah. is the one who's going to win when it comes <laughs> crashing down, as long as they didn't do it. And uh, that that little introduction of some strategy gives the game a little bit more appeal for the you know more snooty game player types.
1: There's there's also like a bit of pusher luck element to it too, like a, a bit of a, a betting element to it, isn't there?
0: Kind of, and that's uh, if you think you can't move one, somebody uh, if, you, if 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 you look at the the pieces, it's like there's no there's no way I can move one of my red pieces. Like I'm red or you're green or something, I can't move any red pieces. You could then say. I can totally move one of those red pieces. Like, okay, <laughs> go for it, dude. And if you can do it, then I lose one of my pieces for the game. But if you can't, well, that's game. <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's obviously a descendant of Jenga because it's a build something up until it falls down sort of game. Uh, talk, talk, woodman. is another one. So have you guys yeah. played that one?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. You, you fans? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it. It, it is fun. I'm. I'm not very good at it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, it's another
2: blackout game for me.
0: <laughs> you just uh, you stack up these pieces of wood, you get this tree, and every turn you get two whacks with the axe, and any of the bark that comes off is worth a point for you, but any of the wood that comes off is worth minus five. So you're trying to sort of almost but not quite knock it over yeah. to get the bark yeah. to come off, and you know, if you're really careful and gentle with it, you can get a few little points. If you're more aggressive, you can get more, but you also stand to actually lose more than the game. Yeah, totally. Um, from it, the... It's a visual one, too, you know. For like sure. Just,
1: just one that uh, people... Seeing
0: that trunk. Yeah, yeah. The wood coming off it. Yeah, Talk Talk Woodman is also known as Click Clack Lumberjack. That's the more recent uh, version of it, so if you go looking for it, you might want to search for it under that title. Um, another one that I really like is Pitch Car. That's basically Crokinole on a racetrack. Amazing <laughs> idea. It's You're flicking your little car along this track, and there's a Demolition Derby variant too, where you can or knock the other player's cars off. It's amazing. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen Cube Quest.
1: I've seen seen it. it. Yeah, seen it. That, that's no, the it. one where
0: you got these plastic cubes and you're, you, you're, building, you've got, you're building your little fortress over on your side tr- and, you, and you just try to knock the other player's king cube <laughs> off of the board. Uh, the basic game is really, really simple. Have uh, you guys got any other favorites as far as uh, dex games that's, that don't really add to a huge ton of game?
2: I, I have to say Elk Fest. Oh, Elk Fest, okay. right. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, it's a good date game. That's, that's, yeah. that's,
0: that was for two players, right?
2: Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a super cute game where you're an elk and you have to try to cross a river. The way you cross the river is by flicking little rock stones and trying not to make them you know, land off the table. <laughs> <would> always <help. laughs>
0: And these little stones make a path so you can move your little moose along. And...
2: I, I like to play drunk moose, though, and you put the moose on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit extra wiggle room. Yeah,
1: cool for sure. Uh, I love Gulu-Gulu. Like, that is a... Uh, That's, that one's hard to find. It is a hard one to find, so, I mean, if you do find one, uh, snatch it up. But it is it is a, a pretty simple uh, Dexterity game where you're going to be... I mean, the description of it is crazy. You are wolverines walking along a path, and to advance along a path, you are reaching into a bowl full of uh, multicolored eggs, trying not to set off the egg alarm. So if that doesn't entice <laughs> you, I don't know what's going to. But. It's,
0: it's really neat. There's this bowl with these beautiful brightly colored eggs in it, and there's a stick that's sticking straight up out of this thing that's the egg alarm and uh, you just you just take this this stick and you poke it in there so it's sticking up in there and you have to reach in take out an egg without knocking this stick over and it's a lot harder than it sounds yeah, totally. especially if you're a grown-up <laughs> yes totally and you have thick stubby fingers children are great at gulo Gulo. yeah wow. they're they're amazing at it they can just reach in their little fingers just uh, it's kind of unfair really but uh, if you're looking for a game where kids can beat the grown-ups the grown-ups don't have to hold back then Gulo Gulo is a really good one.
2: I think we should combine that with
0: Chop Chop. <laughs> That's the one with the chopsticks, right? All okay. right. Let's move on now to dexterity games that bring a lot more game to it, that have uh, enough rules to it that it actually feels more like something you'd find in the light strategy section of Snakes and Lattes. What are some of the ones that, uh, that you guys have seen?
2: Well, I know of Rampage. I've heard really, really amazing things about <laughs> yeah. it. That bright I, green I, box is hard to I miss. want yeah, to play sure. it so badly.
1: It, it is it is a really attractive game. Uh, I, I played it once, and I didn't have the greatest time, and then I played it again with the right type of people, and I, ah, I yes. loved it. And, and Rampage is a game that rewards playing with the right crowd. Absolutely. I think, you know, if, like,
0: if the idea of taking a big, chunky wooden monster and dropping it from arm's length <laughs> on a board that's got these actual physical cities that you've built up with these stacks of little wooden people and cardboard... Floors yeah. to destroy buildings, physically destroy buildings. Sounds like your idea of a good time. Then, for goodness' sake, get thee to a copy of Rampage. Um, it's 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 actually got some quite clever scoring bits in there as well. In addition to being able to, you know, bl- physically blow things over to score points for them, in yeah. addition to uh, being able to flick your little disc around to knock other players over, you can also eat the different colors of wooden people on the board, <laughs> and collecting sets of them is what gives you points.
1: Yeah, totally. And and I mean, on top of that, you're going to have special powers, you're going to have right. cards... Right, each that monster are rich, gets yeah. a
0: special thing, like they've got a long tongue that can use to eat people from across the board, yeah. Yeah. or... Uh, oh yeah, some of those powers are just hilarious. It uh, really brings a lot to it. Um, the as, as far as games that, uh, that have a lot of strategy-ish stuff in them, I love Ascending Empires, and it's tragic that it's probably never going to be reprinted. It's a galactic empire-building game, where all of your spaceships are little wooden discs and the way that all navigation and combat is handled is by flicking. You have, if, if, you t- if you touch another player's disc, you ram them and you're both destroyed you don't get any points with it. But if you can get a couple of your discs like within about an inch of yeah. one of your opponents, you can shoot it down and destroy it and that's good for points. That's got this very clever simple system. there's a technology tree there's uh, all the stuff that we talked about in this in our civilization building games episode right. way back. Uh, they're all there. And it's really simple, but it's got this flicking element, which gets rid of all the tedium of having to figure out how far somebody moves or whether or not somebody wins in a fight. There's no dice, no cards, no need for any of this stuff, because it's all handled by flicking. It's beautiful.
1: I, I think the appeal of, of something like that in, in a game that's got some strategy to it, but having that kind of physical element is, well, it'd be appealing to me just because it calls upon a different set of skills. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I might be terrible at civilization-building games, but I might be a great flicker, you know, and, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, or, or whatever. Like, I may be able to judge the distance between two ships uh, or something like that. It just calls upon a different set of skills, and it's a neat marriage of the two ideas.
0: It lowers the emotional stakes, too, you know? You mm-hmm. don't take it as seriously Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, as yeah. you would with, uh, with, with a, you know, sort of a heavy-duty strategy type thing, because it's there, and by clever thinking and so on, you can do well, um, something like Catacombs, for example. Another example, Catacombs is a dungeon crawling game where you have you know, your typical party of adventurers wandering around a dungeon fighting monsters and getting treasure and stuff. But your adventure is a wooden disc. And the way you fight is yeah. by flicking it at the monsters so that you hit them. <laughs> And you've got the barbarian who can fly into a rage and flick four times in a row to (laughs) bounce around like a wooden ping pong ball and hit monsters. You've got a wizard who can summon other discs around, like a shield, a big purple blob, and stick in front of him. You've got the thief who, if she misses, you can flick her again to get back behind cover. You've got the elf with her arrows who can flick from a distance and not have to get in close.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a really cool idea.
0: It's really game. something, and uh, most dungeon crawling adventure games, we, we've talked about dungeon crawlers in a previous episode, they tend to be pretty complicated.
1: Yeah. Well, if you can, I mean, it, it's that physical element that, like, I mean, you said it, it lowers the emotional stakes, and, and that's probably true, but it's, it kind of, like, draws you in,
0: too. Yeah, warriors. you take one yeah. look at it. And it's like, I could play that.
2: Yeah. There's something inherently fun about having something tangible. Yeah. For sure. You know, yeah. it's
0: it's also something that makes it special compared to video games, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I it's not going to work in those.
2: Well, the thing I love about Dexterity games is that they are so physical. There's something so unique about having something you can hold in your hand and manipulate in a way that you can't in other mediums.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, um, the, the interesting thing about it is that we, we, we do physical things in life, you know? Like, we, we, we play sports, and I mean, there's there's uh, almost an inherent relationship between games and sports. Like, there's a line that... Sports
0: are basically a kind of dexterity game. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And, they really are. Yeah, and I mean, there's, like, lawn games, like... Uh, like um, Lawn darts, horseshoes. Yeah, yeah. All, all that sort of thing. And I mean, you know, there's that fine line between at, at what point does it become a sport and what point is it a game? And it's like, I
0: think... Well, sports I th- are a subset of games.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, and and like I think dexterity games are, um, are just that. Uh, They're sports. Yeah,
0: exactly. They they feel that way. Yeah, yeah for sure. So um, one thing about sports is that, uh, and and about these dexterity games is that you take one look again and you can sort of get it. So is there something that can be lost if you try to put too many rules, too much game, into a dexterity game? Can you actually wind up ruining it?
2: I think as long as it's justified and it adds to the experience. In my opinion, like, I don't think Rampage would work if it was stack, static pieces. I think you need that dexterity element to make it so much fun <laughs> and yeah. so
0: like absurd. And similarly, in Rampage, you kind of need to have some structure. Otherwise, you'll just drop things randomly. It's so, okay, well, we destroyed the city and we're done. But uh, the rules, the game elements of it, make you care more about what gets destroyed and how and when. So, all right, uh, it looks like games and, uh, and sports, so sort of Dexterity Games can get along, after all. You can, you can have them, but you can have your cake, and you can eat it, too. You got your peanut butter and my chocolate. Nice. <laughs> the next time you visit Snakes and Lattes, give us a chance to show you some of these things. Uh, we, we're, we, it's kind of hard to keep them on the shelf sometimes because, well, the pieces have a tendency to get lost because you have to chase them around the... Uh, they, they go never, everywhere. We yeah. do keep them in the store, though. Yes, yes. So, uh, and, and, of course, we'll be happy to tell you all about them there as well any event, next time you come by, look for us. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Matt McLean, Hi. Hey. And Sean Jackman. See you guys. Game on. Are you a Ticket to Ride player? Snakes and Lattes is holding our Ticket to Ride tournament on Monday, March 3rd. Have some fun playing the fastest-selling hobby game in the world. Win prizes and even qualify for a seat at the North American Ticket to Ride Championships at Gen Con this summer. Get your tickets at snakesandlattes.com events. Until then... This is P.T. Douglas, game on.